In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody. It's Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and that was ACDC's It's a Long Way to the Top, which seemed like an appropriate way to start this first post-season podcast focus on Atlanta United. Again, I'm Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, on iTunes. I put out a Twitter call today asking y'all for some topics for today's podcast. I'm trying to lay low a little bit this week after a long season, but it seems like there's too much stuff going on to take a whole day off. And y'all came through with a lot of different topics for the podcast. I'm going to try to address them as quickly as I can one by one. I know you probably got some Christmas shopping to do. I know that I have some Christmas shopping to do. So we're going to dive right in. The first question is, who else should the team be looking to add? He assumes that Parkhurst, a backup center back, center defensive midfielder, backup right back. I think a lot's going to depend upon the next manager, and we'll dive into that topic in just a little bit. But I wrote in Monday's story about four things to look for in the offseason that I think, regardless of the manager, the team is likely going to be looking to add some strength up the spine. That would be center back, center uh, defensive midfielder, center mid, and striker. The team already has depth in some of those positions where Mario Williams is there for Joseph Martinez. I think they'd probably like to create a little competition because it looks like John Gallagher is moving to fullback full-time, to right fullback. Um, You know, Miguel Almiron's status with Atlanta United, which we'll get into, necessitates uh, some more depth at center midfield. Center defensive midfielder, they have Eric Rometty, they have Jeff Lorenowitz, uh, they'll likely have Chris Goslin, although I don't know how much playing time he's actually going to receive. Uh, they released uh, Andrew Wheeler-Aminu. Uh, he was the other center defensive midfielder. So I think up the spine is what the team is likely going to be looking to add. There's a lot of concern about Atlanta United's depth at center back. I'm not at all as concerned. In addition to Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, I do think they're going to be able to get Michael Parkhurst back unless he just decides that he wants to leave on top. They also have Miles Robinson, who I still think is going to be a, an outstanding center back in Major League Soccer. He's done well in his starts. He had one bad game at Dallas, and that was about it. Um, and you also have Franco Escobar, who did play well as a winger, but who really is more of a center back. So they have him also. The next question concerns Atlanta United and its first opponent in its first CONCACAF Champions League tournament, Herigiano of Costa Rica. Uh, Toodles wants to know how they might play compared to MLS, key players for them, 
Uh, I really have not done any research yet about Herogiano. I plan on doing some as soon as the dates for the first game are announced, which, <laughs> excuse me, could be very soon. Um, I got to think that CONCACAF has got to give the teams a heads up uh, by the end of the year so they can start making their travel plans because it is an international trip. Uh, I do know that um, Herogiano just played Saprissa uh, in the Costa Rican League, so that would be great. Uh, if I can find out some more about the team. Um, they, they, uh, Tootle says that it feels like a little bit of a banana peel feel about it. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, anytime you're playing in your first tournament, new manager, first game under a new manager, they've only had, uh, at that point, about a month of training. It's going to be a little bit difficult, particularly if you're not quite sure uh, what the roster composition is going to be yet because teams have until March to get that fixed. Um so we're going to see, and I'll, I'll definitely give you as much information on Herogiano as I can as soon as I can get to it. Someone wants me to talk about Pitti Martinez, saying that he has a deal with Atlanta United even though the team has not sold Miguel Almiron yet. That is true. Uh, Martinez has told numerous outlets that he has a deal with Atlanta United. Atlanta United has not sold Miguel Almiron yet. Um so it's an interesting situation because, as I wrote in a piece last week, MLS teams can't have more than four designated players. A designated player is a player whose salary exceeds, I'm just going to round this off, more than $567,000 per year. That includes base salary, transfer fee, amortized over the length of the deal, marketing arrangements, things like that. So... Atlanta United's three current designated players are Joseph Martinez, Ezequiel Barco, and Miguel Almiron. Within MLS rules, if a player's salary and the transfer fee and everything exceeds uh, it's like $1.5 million per year, they cannot be bought down to a level less than a designated player status with the use of allocation money. Those three players' salaries each exceed more than $1.5 million, so they cannot be bought down. So the team cannot add Pithy Martinez and keep Joseph Martinez and keep Ezequiel Barco and keep Miguel Almiron. Someone either has to be sold or loaned. Now, it seems likely that Miguel Almiron is going to be sold to a team in Europe, but Darren Eels has said he's only going to be sold to the right club at the right price in the right situation and that the team doesn't have to sell. Well, they do have to sell. Um, or they have to loan. It doesn't have to be Almiron. It could be Barco. It could even be Joseph Martinez. But getting rid of the player that set the all-time single-season scoring record in Major, Major League Soccer doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Barco does seem a likely candidate. I think he did well in short bursts in Major League Soccer. He did create some chances. He did win some fouls. But on the whole, his impact, I don't think, was what anyone thought it could be. He's only 19. It is his first season in Major League Soccer. There is room to grow. I could see the team loaning him out and bringing him back at some point. Um, But a a lot of that may depend upon the new manager and how he fits within that manager style. And for those who don't know much about Pitti Martinez, he's an Argentine midfielder. Uh, His most recent team was River Plate, whom he helped lead to the Copa Libertadores title over uh, rival Boca Juniors, a game in, in Spain, uh, which I don't want to even get into why that was. Um, he's an offensive-minded midfielder, kind of similar to Miguel Almiron. I don't know if anyone is as fast as Almiron. Uh, he's 25 years old, and Atlanta United has reportedly paid $14 million transfer fee for him. That surprises me a little bit because he is 25. 
Uh, they don't like to invest a lot of money in players unless they think they can recoup that money. Um, so $14 million for 25-year-old means that he likely isn't going to be with Atlanta United too long, two seasons or so, and try to sell him to another club and recoup that transfer fee. That's if that transfer fee is correct. But anyway, I'm excited to uh, see how he's going to fit into Atlanta United's lineup. It seems like he could play on the left or the right, um, which if the team does end up keeping Almiron, could make for a really interesting triangle between the two Martinez's and Miguel Almiron. Someone wants me to talk about Pro-Rel, okay? I just talked about Pro-Rel. Moving on. Uh, Rob wants some of that ITK on the manager search. This is another question that has dominated uh, y'all's wishes for me to discuss. And I don't have a lot of information. I can tell you who's not going to be manager, and that's Alan Pardew. I find it humorous that he's even tied to the job. I think anyone who follows soccer knows Alan Pardew is not someone that Atlanta United, I think, would ever be interested in. Um He's known more for what he doesn't do than what he does do, and what he doesn't do is keep teams out of relegation in England. He seems like a perfectly nice gentleman, a perfectly good salesman, but as far as identifying talent and being a tactician, that's not his strength, and that's two things that you really got to have in Major League Soccer because you can't just go out and buy talent, and I recognize the irony of that to those who don't support Atlanta United and their complaints about the team. Who has been in some difficult situations before, and he's done well with a few teams that he's managed, but I just don't see him coming to Major League Soccer. Another name tied to the job is Yulin Lopetegui, um, formerly of Real Madrid, formerly of Spain, fired from both within the same year, uh, which is not the best mark on your resume. Don't see him coming to Major League Soccer. Uh, just I just don't. The name that continually tied with the club is Guillermo Beres-Giloto, formerly of Boca Juniors. He just left that club. His contract ends December 31st with the club from the things I've read. If he is the man, I think that's why you haven't seen Atlanta United make an announcement yet is because they're waiting on the contract to formally end uh, simply, I guess, to avoid a penalty or to honor the terms of his deal with the club, though it has already said goodbye to him on social media. Uh, He is an interesting candidate. Like Gerardo Martino, the team's outgoing and successful former manager, Berescoloto, is an Argentine. He uh, did well with Lanús, Miguel Almiron's former club. He's done particularly well with Boca Juniors, leading them to two trophies. He has experience in Major League Soccer from his time with Columbus. He was a league MVP. He has a name recognition in Argentina, probably not as great of a pull as Gerardo Martino which would allow the team to continue this pipeline they developed with players like Gonzalez Perez and Rometty and Escobar and Barco and, and all the, the players who, uh, Viaba, uh, players that, and other players that I've forgotten. Um, so he would be an interesting candidate. Uh, I, I've read some criticism of his tactics, uh, that he is fairly basic tactically. I don't know if that's accurate because a lot depends upon the players he has available and a lot depends upon the opponents. Um, could he be as successful as Gerardo Martino? That's a pretty tough ask. I know that owner Arthur Blank and President Darren Eels will give, try to do everything possible to give him whatever he needs to succeed. 
But to win back-to-back trophies in Major League Soccer is extremely difficult because of the parity of the league. It's going to be extremely difficult because of the number of competitions that Atlanta United will be in next year. CONCACAF Champions League, U.S. Open Cup, MLS, the one-off Campionas Cup. Should Atlanta United win the CONCACAF Champions League, which has not been done in its current format by a Major League Soccer team, it will advance to the Club World Cup, which is I do not even know where uh, this year, but it's not in the United States. Uh, it would be a lot of fun to go cover that, um, but it you know the odds are pretty much against it. So anyway, my money is on Baris Galoto coming in. My money is on it not being announced until the first week of January uh, when his contract ends, uh, officially has ended with Boca Juniors. Um, as far as other transfer rumors, there hasn't really been anything. Uh, out there. I do think that the team is going to add players. I think it's going to add as many as six players. Don't forget that teams do have uh, $4 million in targeted allocation money that they can spread around this year. That's an increase of almost $2 million from the previous year. So Atlanta United can go and add some depth with the six to eight slots that it has open uh, going into next season. It's going to need that depth to compete both in the CONCACAF Champions League <laughs> excuse me and in Major League Soccer next year simply because it's going to be could be playing a lot of games, almost not twice as many games, but it should be with the U.S. Open Cup, if it goes deep, if it goes deep in CONCACAF Champions League, that's going to be at least 10 more games added to the schedule uh, that it doesn't have this season. Um, that's a lot to ask of you know a small group of core starters. So I do think you're going to see the team move in that direction to add some experience, to add some depth. I just have not heard what yet. Um, how are the players relaxing in the off season? Well, they are not at the training ground. They are all wherever they want to be. I do know that some of the players are in Argentina. Some of the other players are just on vacation. Um, but they are not at the training ground, and I don't think they're probably going to come back until the first week of January. Uh, the staff, uh, most of the office staff is out right now, taking some deserved time off. Uh, the coaching staff is obviously not there. Um, because they have left. Uh, someone wants some thoughts on the new Major League Soccer playoff format. Personally, they love it. Well, that's good. Um, I like the fact that it's gonna, the playoffs are going to be quicker. They're going to uh, begin and end uh, in about a month. Um, I don't like that they're adding a seventh team. Uh, it defeats the point of playing such a long season. In my opinion, if you can't finish as one of the top six teams, then you don't deserve to go into the playoffs. It should only be six teams. I would be fine with it just being four teams. Um, the I like the higher seed getting to host a single elimination playoff game. I don't like that it's not going to be reseeded. Um, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Um, it gives the lowest seed a chance to knock off the top seed, um, which, again, kind of defeats the purpose of having such a long season. But we'll see how it goes. Major League Soccer is nothing if not flexible, uh, though it did already point to how the schedule fits within the 2022 World Cup cycle. Uh, that's still three years away. You could see tweaks to this long before the World Cup uh, is supposed to start in Qatar in them. Someone wants me to talk about Jose Mourinho to Atlanta. I'm sure at some point in his life he's going to have a layover in Atlanta, but I think that's probably about as close as he's ever going to come to Atlanta United. Ben Hall noted on Twitter that the seventh place team in the East had a 14-16-4 record this year, and in the West it was 13-12-9, and 
which really isn't a strong case for adding a seventh team. I know the team, the, the seed is getting added because the league is expanding, but still, I hate watering down the playoffs. That's why I'm not a fan of going with uh, more than 64 teams in the NCAA tournament. I'm not a fan of expanding the playoffs to eight. I'm not a fan of uh, expanding the World Cup to 40-something teams. Um, the If the season is long, there should be a reward. And if you're not good enough over that many games, you shouldn't be in the playoffs. So, there. And someone else has come in with a question about ProRail. Why is MLS so afraid of promotion and relegation? It's not that they're afraid of promotion and relegation. I don't know why this concept is so difficult to understand. These owners pay tens of dozens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars to have a franchise in Major League Soccer. You get that money back partially by TV contracts. If there's promotion and relegation and you go to a second division, the TV contract money isn't going to be even remotely close enough to start recouping the loss for the franchise fee. That's one of the big reasons that there's not promotion and relegation. It doesn't make sense in the United States at this point. It may at some point. But until then, please stop asking about it. It's just a dead idea that is not going to work. And frankly, I'm tired of seeing it on Twitter and I'm tired of being asked about it. Someone else asked about Darren Eel's comment that the team is trying to line up a preseason friendly with some Mexican sides. That would make sense to me. I'm trying to find out if that's true or not. Um, the team needs some strong competition before it goes into the CONCACAF Champions League. It is going to be, uh, I believe, training in California at some point. It would probably make sense to line up a friendly out there. Uh, but I'm trying to find out some more information, and when I get it, I will let you know. Someone else has asked about if the Upper Bowl is going to be open for some more games in the 2019 season. Uh, it seems likely. Uh, it, it opened it uh, for, what, six times? Uh, during the regular season, this most recent uh, 2018 season, it would probably make sense to open it a few more times in 2019. I'm trying to find out if that's true. The, the team may not be ready to have that information out as they put together season different season ticket packages. I know last year they had a four-game package uh, that was for all the, the games in which the upper bowl was open, and then they added two more games, I believe. Um, so I'm sure that information is going to be coming out soon. We should find out within probably the end of the week uh, the home openers for next year. Uh, so that will be of interest. And then the MLS schedule will come out typically uh, at least a day, maybe two days before the draft. The draft next year is going to be in Chicago. Uh, it's going to be January 11th. And then training camp opens January 14th. Uh, so that's a couple of other key dates for you. Um, Again, I'm Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, on iTunes. Please rate it. Please share it with your friends. I hope you have a great holiday. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the work that I've done and, and that I've collaborated on with others and covering Atlanta United. Uh, the plan, again, is to cover the team wherever it may go. So if it goes to California, I'll be there. If it goes to Costa Rica for the first CONCACAF Champions League game, I'm planning on being there. We're discussing it right now. We're trying to work out the logistics. Once we get an actual date, we'll go from there. But uh, we're not ruling it out. Um, I'm the only media outlet in the city that covers the team both home and away all the time. Um, so I hope that you'll consider subscribing to our coverage. I appreciate the kind words that you've put out in these last couple of weeks. 
uh, complimenting the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and me for the work we've done. It, it's the paper that, that pushes for this. I hope that you'll recognize that uh, on social media. I hope that you've enjoyed the work that we've done, and I hope that you'll read the work done by others. Jason Longshore uh, is a fantastic, fantastic guy, extremely smart guy, no soccer. I hope you'll consider subscribing to their podcast, SoccerDownHere.net, uh, and read the work done by the guys at Dirty South Soccer. Um, and I'm going to wrap this up now. We're at 20 minutes, and I've got some Christmas shopping to do. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.